0: At ASDefense.com, we were already selling the best knife brands in the world when law enforcement approached us about making them a knife. And so, the ASD Centurion was born. Centurion is made of tough D2 tool steel, has a full plain edge, and fully serrated spine. It's like having two knives in one. Centurion also has a gut hook, skull crusher, and storage inside the handle. Get your ASD Centurion today at ASDefense.com. That's ASDefense.com. Good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595953. You can also send a text message to 45364, and please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I would like to thank our sponsors, Second Amendment Arms and Range, once again, today's Wednesday. Kids shoot free with a shooting parent today. Teach them responsible firearm handling and ownership. Go to SecondAmendmentArms.net for more information. Tomorrow is the Defensive Pistol Open League night. So make sure you're prepared to go out there and engage in, in all of the, um, the activities that they do. There's usually a theme, so you work on certain skill sets and things like that. Really fun time. People enjoy it quite a bit. Go to SecondAmendmentArms.net for more information. Proposed budgets predict a 17 million dollar loss for South Bend schools. Remember, the school, the two school systems here in Michigan that people tend to run away from are Elkhart Community and South Bend Schools. The South Bend Community School Corporation is expecting to lose more students and more funding next year, as projected in its 2020 budget. The budget was presented as part of a public hearing on Monday. During the school board meeting, uh, Janice Palmer, budget director, said that the district's education and operational funds are projecting to see combined loss of nearly $17 million next school year, with $140.3 million budgeted in the education fund, which includes salaries and benefits, technology for students and educational support. The district predicts it will spend nearly 130.8 million. The funds are affected by student enrollment. Uh, so again, they have 140.3 million in the education fund. They are predicting to spend 130.8. Okay. Uh, currently, South Bend schools fall enrollment is down by nearly 700 students resulting in a $4.7 million loss of state tuition support. Now, here's the thing, okay? Here's how the layman reads this. The layman reads this going, oh my gosh, they're losing money. Now, I just told you that they're predicting to spend about $10 million less, a little, little bit under $10 million, a little bit over $9 million, uh, less than they actually have budgeted, okay? What is happening is 700 students don't want to go there anymore or are not going there for various other reasons. So you're not getting money for students who don't go there. All right. This is a common tactic with some. I'm not accusing anybody here of this. This is just, I'm just giving you the outline of the budget. I'm just saying it is a common tactic for some to say, well, we're losing money. And then again, to the casual observer out there, well, okay, why are they losing money? What's going on? Well, because hundreds of less students are going there and you're not going to get funding for those students because they don't go there. That funding is going to go where the student goes. That is normal. It's not anything to panic about. It's not anything to be upset about. That's just what happens, okay? If you have, and I'm only throwing this out there because it's a nice round number. If you have $10,000 for a student, okay, then you, when that student doesn't go to that school anymore, you're not getting the 10 grand for that student at that school. So you're going to lose 10 grand, but you don't have to deal with that student. So it's, it's, I, I don't know why this math is hard. For many people to understand it is uh, it's not it's it's kind of like uh, we don't have the burden of that student anymore and we don't have the financial benefit of having to deal with the burden of the student. Not that a student is a burden, you know what I'm saying okay? So anyway, 700 students that's their their enrollment is down. So that's 4.7 million dollars loss of state tuition support. Palmer said that she has worked with a consultant who predicts enrollment numbers will continue to drop into next school year. By February's enrollment count, the district anticipates that it will lose 200 more students. That'll be 900. By next September's count, 300 students are expected to be gone. So the number keeps going up. We're over 1,000 students now. South Bend School spokeswoman Susan Gibbert, hope I got that correct, G-U-I-B-E-R-T, said each student brings $6,867 of state tuition support. Okay. Uh, again, state tuition support. That is not all funding sources. The 500 student drop could result in about three and a half million dollar loss. With 58 million budgeted in the operations fund, which includes building maintenance and improvements and transportation, the district predicts it will spend 55 million. So again, it has. Let's go back up to the first number. Okay, in the education fund, there's 140.3 million. They're projecting to spend 130.8. In the operations fund, they have fifty eight million. They're projecting to spend fifty-five. Okay. Monetarily, they're in good shape. Okay. The headline says they're losing 17 million. And what you have is you have a bunch of headline readers who read the headline, maybe they dive into the first couple of paragraphs and they run around, we're losing $17 million. You're not, relax. This is actually showing that South Bend schools are doing well with their money. Okay. Revenue for the fund comes from St. Joseph County property taxes as well as 15% transfer from the education fund. Uh, The operations fund will experience a revenue loss, Palmer said, due to the upcoming state-mandated circuit breaker property tax caps. Uh, Current estimates predict the district will lose nearly $13 million once property tax caps take full effect in 2020. Uh, The school board president, John Anella, pointed out that the district's anticipated fund balance for the education fund is projected to be around 19 million in January, will drop to 9.5 by the end of the next school year. An extensive drop can be seen in the operations fund balance, too, starting at roughly 11.7 million and ending in 3 million. Between the double whammy of student losses and the education fund and property taxes, we're in a tough spot in LSET. Not really. There is no double whammy of student losses. Okay? <laughs> There's no. You don't have those students. You're not losing anything. If, you, if those students had never come to the school district, you would have never been paid. Okay? So they're leaving the school district. And the reasons that they're leaving the school district, I'm sure, are varied. But there are two school systems here that people run away from. Elkhart Community Schools, South Bend Schools. So hundreds of parents, hundreds of kids, don't want to be in South Bend Schools for whatever reason. All right, They're going to other school districts. And the reason for that is they're probably getting a better experience. So, But they, they go ahead, and so it took uh, way down in the middle of the article here for us to finally get to somebody hitting the panic button in spite of the fact that they seem to be in pretty good monetary shape. Uh, in a previous report by the Tribune, Ellis said that the corporation could ask taxpayers to approve a referendum next year that would allow it to collect additional taxes that would not be subject to the tax caps. So everybody's going the referendum route, and they're going to fear monger on this. Keep in mind, uh, they are they have one hundred and forty point three million in the education fund. They're projected to spend one hundred and thirty point eight, so they're good there. And in the operational fund, uh, they currently have where did that go? Fifty eight million in the fund, and they're projected to spend fifty five. Okay, they're doing okay. They're pretending that students who leave the district are now causing them to lose money. That's not how the math works. That's money that you're not entitled to because the student doesn't go there. Therefore, you would not have that money regardless. If the kid if the kid was never going there to begin with, you wouldn't have got that money. If the kid transfers out, you you don't get that money. If the kid god forbid dies, you don't get that money from them anymore, okay? That's just what is going to happen. And they're pretending that that is somehow a budget loss. It's not a loss. You are not being paid for a job you're not doing. Does that make sense? Let's think of it this way if your job is to educate a child, but you don't have a child to educate, you're not going to get paid for a job of educating a child that you don't do, right? So think of it like contract work. So, but they're pretending, again, they're pretend we're losing all of this money. No, hundreds of kids are choosing to leave your school district, and you're not going to get the money that comes attached to them uh, from the taxpayer anymore. You shouldn't get that money. It should go to the school system that actually takes the kids in. Um, but they're pretending that it's something entirely different. And it's not. We got more coming up. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. <laughs> Good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about Elkhart Indian Motorcycle. Funny, I had uh, some listeners hop onto the live stream today, and, hey, Casey, what bike did you end up getting? Of course, I, I got an Indian Scout 60, that's what I got, did the custom paint on it, um, we'll be doing all of my modifications and everything on it th- this next year. Absolutely love it. For the record, I just wanted to take a moment and thank all of you listeners who say hi to me on the road. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I've been recognized, I think, every day that I've gone out, and I appreciate you all saying hi when you pass me. Sometimes I have my earbuds in and I can't hear a thing that you're saying. So if I seem like I'm I'm nodding to things I probably shouldn't be nodding to, it might be because I have my earbuds in. But um, again, I enjoy that. Thank you very much for saying hi and and recognizing me. But obviously, I got my motorcycle, Elkhart Indian Motorcycle. They're a phenomenal dealership. I've got two listeners on the live stream right now um, who are praising that dealership. One of them drives an FTR, I should say rides an FTR, and that is a phenomenal bike. Uh, Just an absolutely amazing bike, really set the motorcycle world ablaze. But I want to tell you about an event that is happening here in 10 days on Saturday, October 19th, starting at 4 p.m., Elkhart Indian Motorcycle at 3016 Brittany Court in Elkhart, Indiana is going to have their fourth annual chili cook-off, and they're going to have categories now. Uh, categories include best chili, hottest chili, cornbread, and dessert. You can also decorate your spot for the most spirit votes. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the St. Vincent de Paul Christ, uh, Christmas family adoption. Okay? Okay. So again, that is happening on Saturday, October 19th. So I hope that you will come out and enjoy some great food and great time. And Elkhart Indian Motorcycle has done their best to be a family-friendly environment for motorcycle enthusiasts and their loved ones. Again, go find out more at ElkhartIndianMotorcycle.com. Just click on the events page. And of course, you can check out their showrooms there and get your motorcycle serviced uh, before the cold weather gets here. All right. While you're there. Make sure you tell them that I sent you too. That that always helps. It's always nice. They know that my listeners are going out there. All right, uh, I want to play you some audio. I may have been wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Hillary Clinton may actually be trying to get back in this thing. Joe Biden is faltering. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is kind of surging, air quote surging. She's really kind of staying in place, and just people are leaving Joe Biden. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren keeps getting caught lying. She's doubled down on her lie about being fired for being pregnant, even though she didn't have the certifications to keep the job, and I digress. Uh, Kamala Harris, nobody has heard from Kamala Harris in a long time. She's just, she's still hovering around third or fourth. Bernie Sanders had a heart attack, and he's old. Uh, Then you have Pete Buttigieg, who's like way in the back of the pack at like number five, and then everybody beyond Pete Buttigieg is not even polling. So it It's an interesting thing. So Hillary might be like, you know what? Maybe I can get in this thing. I still think it's a long shot, but I want you to listen to what Hillary had to say herself because this is also not great for Hillary because this kind of comes off as she still has medical issues. Anyway, here's Hillary Clinton. So maybe there does need to be a rematch. I mean, obviously I can beat him again. (laughs) Okay. So so Hillary said that she could beat him again. Remind me, who's in the White House, Joe? D- Donald Trump. Not Hillary Clinton. That's the appropriate answer. Not Hillary Clinton. So Hillary, she could beat him again. Uh-huh. Yeah, except she didn't beat him the first time. Uh, maybe somebody should let her know she didn't beat Obama either. But <clears throat> I digger. Although, you know. She she did get more popular votes uh, on Obama in the Democratic primary. So, <laughs> so in her mind, she beat Obama and she beat Trump, except she didn't get into the White House either time. Uh, well, I, she did get to visit the White House quite a bit as Secretary of State in between uh, sending illegal emails and all of that stuff. But So she's out there saying that she beat him before and she could beat him again. Aha. Uh-huh. Speaking of Hillary Clinton, something interesting has been coming out. We are learning an awful lot about Hillary and her email scandal again. See, this thing is not over. And I know a lot of you are like, well, you know, it it did end. No, it didn't end. There's still a whole fiasco that has to be dealt with. And there is an article that kind of came out. And um, what you might actually Because the media is not going to cover this, obviously. But the FBI, according to this latest report, the FBI had an oblique moment. So insert bad word here. A new book is alleging that the FBI agents looking at a former representative, Anthony Weiner's Democrat of New York's messages to underage girls had an oblique moment when they discovered thousands of Hillary Clinton's private emails on his device. Remember, that was a big thing. This is the reason that, you know, for a long time I said, if anybody goes down, it's going to be Uma Abedin on this. I used to think that it was going to be the guy, but when the Anthony Weiner thing happened, it, it, it started to look like the Democrats were, were separating themselves from Uma Abedin. Okay? Uh, once you started seeing her emails show up in Anthony Weiner's laptop and that sort of thing, it, it just it became a whole problem. The New York Post reported that the moment is included in a new book from journalist James Stewart, Deep State, Trump, the FBI, and the rule of law. From the Post, within hours of the separate, uh, September separate, September 26, 2016 search warrant, FBI technicians noticed that there were 340,000 emails on the laptop between Clinton and her top aide, Weiner's wife, Uma Abedin, who still has not divorced the guy many of them from domain addresses such as hillaryclinton.com and state.gov. Of course, those emails are not supposed to be sent to non-secure channels. At an FBI briefing later that week, one participant said that the revelation was like dropping a bomb in the middle of the meeting. But the discovery fell through the cracks because top FBI officials were overwhelmed by the Russia probe, Stewart wrote. A determined New York FBI agent was scared by what he had found and pressed his superiors to finish the job. I'm telling you that we have potentially 10 times the volume that Director Comey said that we had on the record. The agents recounted to Stewart, why isn't anybody here? Well, that is a really, really good question. Uh, Of course, we ended up um, kind of learning that you know, they didn't want to get to the bottom of that. And since they didn't want to get to the bottom of it, they didn't. Now that investigation is now ongoing. And because that investigation is ongoing, you're going to run into people who say, why is he still going after Hillary? But you have to understand that it's that whole process is not done. Uh, We have discovered hundreds more examples of her abusing her authority In this whole process, okay? So, since the election, we've learned that she broke the law more than we previously learned. And I I do want to remind everybody that we did have James Comey. He went out there, and James Comey did, in fact, tell everybody that, well, um, she broke the law. She should have known That she broke the law, but she wasn't sophisticated enough to know that she broke the law, but she did. And it's important that everybody remember that part. So this is again, it's just a it's a it's a fiasco. It's a mess. I get that, but it's also not over and it's going to continue to be an issue as it comes up. And now that she's running around telling everybody that, yeah, well, maybe there needs to be a rematch. Um, Okay, if you say so. But do you really want a rematch? Again, um, it, 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 what is it, a three-peat for losing with her? But if that's what she really wants, then I suppose that's what she really wants. All right. Um, let's see. I was going to play for you the old James Comey auto-tune song where James Comey was telling you that she broke the law, but I don't think I'm going to have time to do that today. So just know that I was playing it in my head and spirit. We've got more coming up: News Talk 95-3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. As most of you know, I go to Southwest Vision Center for my eye care. I had LASIK many years ago, started to notice that it wasn't as sharp as it used to be. So I went to Southwest Vision Center, found out that they are amazing people, fantastic place. While I was there, I was talking to them about my dry eyes now we are going to have to set up a full dry eye screening they did a preliminary screening while i was there Uh, but again they they have to do a full thing right so it's a very specialized thing but dry eyes actually affect a lot of people about 4.8 million americans are diagnosed with dry eye per year but many more go undiagnosed and southwest vision center is a dry eye center of excellence which means that they have the training and the tools to help you identify the issues and they can then formulate a treatment plan for you now, this is routinely undiagnosed, okay? So 4.8 million people are diagnosed with dry eyes every year, but many people don't ever have it diagnosed. They don't go see a professional about it, and this has huge impact on your vision, and uh, if you're having trouble seeing at night, too. For instance, my wife has big problems seeing at night, and we think that her, her eyes have uh, dry eyes as well. So dry, itchy, uh, even eyes that water excessively, they're all symptoms of dry eye. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if you're overproducing tears, it could be because you have dry eyes. So then you got your electronics that you're all involved with. This is continuing to make the issue a little bit worse. We're all on computer screens and mobile phones and video games and all of that. So go ahead and schedule a dry eye examination today. And you can do that at Southwest Vision Center. And by the way, if you have your health savings account and flex money available... And if it will expire before the end of the year, if you don't use it, uh, which a lot of people are in that boat, ask about how you can use those funds for treatment of dry eye and get yourself ready to be 2020 in. Are you ready for this? 2020. Ah, I dig it. SWvisioncenter.com is their website. Find the location nearest you. Set up uh, an appointment today. They even have more information about dry eye syndrome right there in the menu bar on their website. You can also go to theburningtruth.us, click on Sponsors, click on Southwest Vision Center, and you will learn about an exclusive program that will save you tons of money, might actually be cheaper than your insurance out of pocket, only for my listeners. Again, theburningtruth.us, click on Sponsors, click on Southwest Vision Center, or you can visit them online, swvisioncenter.com. They've got a really good Facebook page as well. Make sure you let them know that I sent you. All right, five, seven, four, 25, 95, 95 three. That is 2595953. Five, John Solomon has another update on the so-called impeachment thing, which isn't a real impeachment thing. It is a, a fake secret impeachment thing that doesn't involve the whole Congress because they changed the rules. So John Solomon says um, he went on Hannity last night. I can confirm to you the U.S. government had open source intelligence and was aware that as early as February in 2019 that the Ukrainian government was planning on reopening the Burisma investigation, which is at the center of Joe Biden and his son. This was long before the president ever imagined to have a call with President Zelensky. In fact, it's before President Zelensky was even elected. This is a significant shift in the factual timeline. This is information that was omitted, by the way, from the whistleblower complaint. That's big news. So remember the tenant of this impeachment inquiry, which isn't a real impeachment inquiry anyway, it's theater. The tenet of this is that the president threatened Ukraine with withholding money that if Ukraine didn't interfere in the 2020 election by looking at an actual longstanding criminal uh, allegation against his son, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, that um, the United States would withhold aid. Again, what is laughable about this is that we already know that Joe Biden withheld over a billion dollars in aid to the Ukraine by demanding they fire the guy who was looking into his son. That guy in a court affidavit in the Ukraine said that, I was fired because I was looking at Joe Biden's son. So, again, if you're going to say this is a crime with a quid quo pro, uh, it has to be with Joe Biden, not with Donald Trump. We have the transcript of the call. The president didn't have a quid pro quo demand. The foreign minister of the Ukraine said that didn't exist. The president of the Ukraine said that didn't exist. And now we are learning that the Ukraine was already planning on reopening the investigation into Burisma Holdings, which Hunter Biden was a part of and was being paid a ton of money for expertise he didn't have, presumably for access to the vice president, that they were planning on reopening that in February of 2019, before the phone call even happened in August of 2019, February is before August, in case you didn't know, confused about that timeline, which means the entire premise... Of the Ukraine, only looking to reopen the investigation because President Trump threatened them with financial aid is null and void. Even though it was already null and void with the transcript, and that the Ukraine didn't know about the potential withholding of money until months after the phone call even happened. Yeah, it's a it's a big confusing mess. But basically, this whole impeachment inquiry, which isn't a real impeachment inquiry, is based on false premises. Anyway, we got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's News Channel and good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel i'm your host casey hendrickson so new product that i am endorsing works wonders absolutely love this product in fact, i put put some on today because i my left elbow hurts sometimes little tendons behind my elbow it's an old injury that kind of nags me a little bit And that is Naturals CBD Lotion. Uh, So obviously it's a moisturizer. They have lavender available now, but it's like a citrusy lavender. It doesn't really smell like your standard lavender. Certainly not artificial lavender because it's real. So uh, the stuff smells good, but it's got more of a a citrus orangey tone to it. And they're working on other scents right now as well. But my family absolutely loves it. Uh, This is CBD Lotion. Comes in two strengths, Okay you can get 250 milligrams this is full spectrum naturally occurring cbd you get 250 milligrams or 500 milligrams and the 500 milligrams by the way is only 19.99 and you get a discount when you use coupon code kc10 so it's like twice the concentration of the competition for like half the price it's really affordable it's amazing it works thc free grown, harvested, produced, and tested in the United States of America from a veteran-owned company, and it has these amazing restorative benefits, um, and again, just works on, on uh, minor aches and pains and skin irritation and that sort of stuff. It just is phenomenal. Plus, it's a lotion, so it helps moisturize your skin as well. To get your bottle of the Natural CBD Lotion, go to JuiceMafia.com. And again, use coupon code KC10 at checkout to save yourself uh, 10%. Hence the coupon code KC10. So phenomenal stuff. Absolutely love it. It's it's great. I've told the story of how it helped us um, quite a bit on the program. Definitely encourage it. Had a bunch of listeners reaching out to me today trying to figure out where to get it. JuiceMafia.com. Coupon code KC10 to save yourself some money. Uh, there was a... a anti-Semitic, I guess you could call it a terrorist attack in Germany. It's not getting a lot of play again in the United States. A lot of these attacks don't, uh, but there was an attack in Germany on a synagogue that happened earlier. and it is um, it's on Yom Kippur. So again, this was near a German synagogue and the gunmen, you know wore tactical gear, opened fire, multiple people. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for these stories. You don't get a lot of information about these types of things in the United States. They're very, well, they're biased in what they report. We already know that. But I'll put the information in the daily show prep for everybody. So make sure you take a look at it there. Uh, at least one of the attackers was dressed in tactical gear and opened fire and then fled in a car, according to, according to news reports. But uh, you run into a lot of this stuff uh, overseas, especially in Germany whereas you don't necessarily get it in the United States of America. So we'll continue to report on these types of things as we get them, and we will be able to pass that on. Uh, Attorney General William Barr is also coming to town. He will be speaking Friday at Notre Dame. I'll do my best to be able to talk with the guy. I don't know that I'm going to be able to, folks, but I will promise that I will try and reach out to the Attorney General uh, while he is going to be in town visiting Notre Dame. Thank you for following me online at Casey the Host on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook. And on, uh, yeah, on Facebook and Parler, here is Bill O'Reilly with the O'Reilly Update.